You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with hosts Rick and Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Well, hello and welcome to the show tonight, Trucking 101, Surviving Your First Year. This is the show that gives you the tools you need to not only survive, but to thrive in your first year behind the wheel of a commercial motor vehicle. As you can probably tell already, I am not Rick or Melissa. Uh, today, they had an uh, opportunity to accept a team run with some major mileage, apparently. So they're taking advantage of that uh, and running pretty hard tonight. So we hope to have the, them back hosting the show uh, maybe next week. And uh, so they've graciously asked me to guest host tonight. I've accepted. And uh, so we're looking forward to it. Hopefully we'll have a good time tonight. Um, this type of arrangement was kind of planned. We have a group, the uh, the Trucking 101 group, about seven or eight different drivers. And there will be times when each member of our group uh, will guest host the show. So we're looking forward to that, and we'll see how we do today. So I am privileged and honored to be the first one to be able to do that, and we're uh, looking forward to it. So tonight, we're going to talk about a couple of topics related to safety. This is safety best practices, what we're calling the show. And uh, the latter part of the show will be dedicated to different tips and tricks, maybe habits or practices in short, maybe the little things that you do on a daily basis or as a matter of process to make you safer on the road. So uh, things you do as you change lanes, as you pass other vehicles, approach intersections or construction zones, maybe things that you do to alert or signal other drivers to help them drive uh, more safely around you. Uh, we have to share the road with a lot of different people and we need to make sure that we're all doing what we're supposed to do. We can avoid accidents, avoid crashes, and uh, so if you have some uh, questions, ideas, uh, different practices you would like to share on the air, then you can uh, press 1 on your phone, and uh, Becky should be able to screen your call, hopefully. Uh, we've had a little technical difficulties getting started uh, before the show, but I think we uh, might have those under control. Hopefully Becky will be able to do that, and we'll be able to get uh, the call screened and yeah, get it on the air and be able to uh, take your calls, questions, and, and uh, your tips and tricks and things like that. But before we get to those phone calls, we uh, need to discuss a very important event that the CS CVSA will be conducting this next week all across the U.S. and Canada. It's Break Safety Week 2016. And uh, tonight we have a special guest who is uh, very familiar with the CVSA and all of its programs and practices. And he's going to give us all of the ins and the outs related to this event. Now, he's no stranger to the Let's Truck Tribe. He's a guest so important that he even... Now it's time for everyone's favorite DOT officer. 23 years in law enforcement, 7 years as a commercial transport officer. He was a CBSA instructor and has conducted thousands of roadside inspections. He now serves in the driver's side of our industry, Mr. Dale Howard. I'm just doing my job. Yeah, I'm the highway patrol. Well, great, uh, great intro. Thank you very much, Jason. I hope I do well, it justice. Good to have... All right. Well, it's uh, hey, uh... great to have us. Sorry, I think we're talking over each other just a little bit there. Um, so good to have you with us. And uh, the, oh, hey, uh, it is my my pleasure. Yeah. And so I was wanting to get you on the air here and let you tell drivers what is break safety week and uh what does the cbsa do and uh and uh why is this important what do what do we need to know about this what is this week coming up well it's uh 
It's the National Brake Safety Week, and this is an event that is held North America-wide, uh, Canada, the U.S., and Mexico, and uh, it, uh, it targets brakes. Now, everybody's familiar with a level one inspection, and that's the full meal deal. That's logbook, uh, your medical card, your uh, complete vehicle inspection. They'll look at carrier profile and all that good stuff. On Brake Safety Week, it's a targeted inspection. So we refer to that as a level four. And these are uh, just a one-time uh, event that focuses on a specific theme, uh, cargo securement, for example. But this week is brake safety. So what will happen is... Uh, you're going down the road, and uh, you'll in approach one of these roadside inspections. And if you're selected, all they're going to do is focus on brakes. Now, if you've got a very glaring issue uh, with, say, cargo securement, for example, they'll tuck you off mm -hmm. in a corner, and you'll get the full meal deal. But otherwise, you're just going to breeze through a quick brake inspection, and you're going to be on your way because you're going to pay attention to everything that we're going to talk about tonight. And this, this event will be a piece of cake. What well, the inspector is going to, <laughs> what the inspector is going to do is uh, they'll greet the driver and uh, get you to, uh, they'll, they'll chalk the uh, wheels on the vehicle to make sure it's immobilized. And then they'll get you to release all your brakes and get you to open your hood and build your air pressure if you're less than 100 PSI, up to 100 PSI, shut the truck off. And one inspector is going to go under the vehicle and he's going to mark all the push rods against the brake, face of the brake chamber, work his way to the trailer. And then when he's done the, the last axle on the trailer, the inspector will get you to make a hard brake application and hold it right to the floor. And then he's going to work his way back and measure the push rod stroke travel to determine whether or not your brakes are in compliance. They're going to listen for air leaks and, uh, you know, look at any chafed air lines you've got. They'll look at brake lining thickness. Um, mm -hmm. Anything brake component, if you've got a cracked brake drum, for example, that's going to cause you some grief. And then uh, once the inspector's finished underneath the truck, they're going to go to the back of the trailer, and they're going to ask you to turn your key on. And what that is checking, you'll turn your key on, and they're going to look for the ABS light that's on the side of the trailer to make sure that it is operational and functioning. And it will cycle and flash one or two times as the uh, ABS goes through its self-test. For anybody that's ever done that, you can hear a bunch of clicking and, and the light will flash as uh, the valve goes through its self-test program. And then they'll, uh, one inspector will look in the cab and get you to turn your key on again. And the same thing. The ABS light on the dash has to come on and then go out. If all of that happens, they'll thank you very much for your participation, and down the road you go. Well, that if, sounds pretty simple. <laughs> it is. Um, for I, a good portion of my trucking career was drop and hook, and when I work with a carrier that's having issues or when I'm looking at a job change, I take Kevin's advice and I do all the hard work and I'll, uh, I'll decide that, you know what, if I'm going to work for Jason Dirksen trucking, I'm going to pull up your DOT number and I'm going to look at your CSA score. And I'm actually going to go through the inspections on the maintenance side and decide whether or not I'm going to work for you. And when I do that, the common denominator, if a carrier is having an issue with 
maintenance and their maintenance threshold or they're starting to get close to the threshold the common denominator is the ABS light we all just forget about that and just blow it off that ah, it's no big deal because the truck stops really you know why are we worrying about that uh-huh. so if uh, if you're driving around right now and the ABS lights on what you're doing is uh, Jason, you're probably old enough. You you watched the Three Stooges as a kid. Oh yeah, I've seen them. You ever, absolutely. Well, and and for your listeners that that haven't seen the Three Stooges, Google them. They are hysterical on YouTube. For those of you who do, Mo used to take Curly and boink him in the eyes whenever he did something stupid. If you're driving into a scale and you've got that ABS light on, you may as well just turn around, park out back, walk in walk up to the scale master and boink him in the eyes and just dare him to inspect you. Because that's really what you're doing. And a carrier with, with a high maintenance score, the common denominator is ABS. So a lot of people think, okay, I'll just unplug the light. Well, that's not solving the problem. Because brake safety week or in a full level one inspection, Part of the inspection process is you're going to turn the key on and they're going to want to see that light flash. So you're asking yourself, self, but Dale, I'm by myself. How am I going to possibly check that? Well, when you're all hooked up to your trailer, pull ahead, turn the tractor on a bit of an angle, and now you can get out, shut the truck off, let everything go through its shutdown. And then while you're outside the vehicle, just turn the key on and look at the light, and you'll be able to see it from the cab. And if it doesn't flash, you know, you need to get a hold of the maintenance department, and that needs to be addressed. I mean, the first thing you can do is pull the light out and and check to see if somebody hasn't unplugged it. Because uh, quite often they get repaired and nobody bothers. But that's the biggest Achilles heel that the industry has with with brake systems right now, and an out of adjustment or a problem too. But it, uh, yeah, you're just daring the inspector to come and and pay a visit. And and our whole process here, and what I preach at the CMC is, let somebody else get inspected. In my 23 year career. What I stopped you for is never what I wrote the ticket for. So don't give enforcement an excuse to pull you in. <laughs> so how, how are we going to survive this? Uh, pre-trip, pre-trip, pre-trip. I can't stress that enough. And part of your pre-trip is checking to make sure you know, measure push rod travel and all that good stuff. And if you don't know how to do that, then go to your maintenance department and ask. And they'll be more than happy to uh, to show you. Um, if you've got the brake safe product, and, and I'll give them a shameless plug, you just put it on and now you know exactly what your stroke travel is. As long as, you know, the uh, the indicator is firmly up against the uh, base of the brake chamber when your brakes are released. You make that hard brake application, it travels out, and on a drive and trailer axle, the uh, general rule of thumb is anything less than two inches, you've got a problem. And on a steer axle, generally one and three quarter inches or less is what you want. So first thing in the morning, when everything is ice cold, you're, you've jumped out of bed, you've gone in, you've had your shower, you've had breakfast, read the paper, done whatever, and now you're back out into the truck and you're ready to go down the road. Truck started, okay. and now that, now that everything is ice cold, you want to release all your brakes, truck and trailer, and then we're going to make a firm brake application and hold that brake pedal right to the floor. And then we're going to release it. And then we're going to make a hard brake application again, right to the floor. Give it a two count, 
release. And we're going to keep doing that until the low air warning light or buzzer come on. And when they okay. come on, we're going to we're going to hold our foot right to the floor on that brake pedal and we're going to look at the two needles. And they're either going to stay the same and not move or they're going to increase or they may decrease. We've just accomplished three things with just a simple, that simple little test. We've tested our low air warning device and we now know that it works. Okay. When the low air warning device is activated, we're watching the needles and if the air pressure builds, we know that we don't have any major air leaks in the system. And if air continues, if we're still losing air, now we know that somewhere in the system we've got a leak and that needs to be addressed. And for automatic slack adjusters, if they're functioning properly, we've just adjusted our brakes now. So our brakes are all set up, our low air warning device is checked, and we've checked for any major air leaks. Now I stress we only do this when everything is cold and first thing in the morning. And you're asking why is why. that? Well, if you've come down a long hill, you've uh, you're out in California, and uh, you know you've come down Donners or you've come down the Grapevine, and everything is hot, that brake drum will actually expand. And if you were coming down the grapevine and you've got everything good and hot and then you exit off at Wheeler Ridge and go into the TA or the Petro and did that hard brake application right to the floor, you're actually going to set your brakes up to that expanded brake drum. And then when everything cools, you've gone in and had supper and come back out, you're not going anywhere because the brakes are now frozen to the drum because they've adjusted to that expanded drum. And now that the drum is cooled, it's contracted. And yeah, you're not going anywhere. So we only do that when things are cold. Okay. Well, one thing I've been teaching at the CMC is uh, in the morning when you're doing your pre-trip, um, release the tractor brakes leave the trailer brakes engaged, so yellow button in, red button out, and take a hammer and just tap the brake drum. And it'll ring like a bell. If you get a ring, everything's good. If you get a thud, then that brake drum's cracked, and that's the only way you're going to check that. So to do the trailer, we pull out the yellow button, engage our maxi brakes on the on the truck, push in the red button, okay. release the trailer brakes, and do the same thing. Just tap tap the drum, and it'll ring like a bell, and uh, everything's great. Whenever we're doing a pre-trip and we're underneath the vehicle, there's always one set of brakes engaged. Or you've got your own chalk blocks and you've immobilized the vehicle because your safety is paramount. So uh, <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, that's Brake Safety 101. Well, that is excellent. Um, the uh, I guess it takes a little bit of practice, a little bit of uh, time to get experienced at doing this, um, but I think that's a skill that every driver needs to have. Um, Got to uh, be able to get absolutely. under the problems um and even if you i mean if you don't know how to repair them or how to adjust them yourself at least if you can identify that there's a problem you can get your maintenance department to handle that get it to to the shop or or uh have a mechanic come out whichever it is and uh, be able to get that taken care of but uh you know it's very important Absolutely. that as we get we know that everything's working properly and, you know, we fought that in law enforcement all the time. You know, drivers that get their back up against the wall and, and, and you're not a mechanic. You're absolutely right, sir. I am not a mechanic. I don't need a me to be a mechanic to tell you it's broken. 
I need to be a mechanic to fix it. And I have no intentions of fixing your problems. So <laughs> if I can tell you that it's broken and you deal with it, but uh, absolutely, you know, get involved with your safety and your maintenance department and they're just going to be tickled to death that you're actually a showing the interest and be learning something. And again, I'll, I'll throw out a shameless plug for the CMC. Um, Cause you know, you've gone, gone through the process out in the parking lot. We do uh, yes, level one inspections and, you know, walk the drivers through it. And, and, you know, at the end of it, you're pretty comfortable going through an inspection and, and you know what you have to check and, and really, you know, there's not anything magical about it. It's just, you know, doing your due diligence. And, you know, for drivers that uh, are on the larger side, and I can say this, uh, being a big guy myself, you know, if you have trouble getting under your vehicle and looking for things, you know, there's no shame in pulling through a TA or a Petro and get the mid-trip inspection. It's cheap insurance, and then you know in your heart of hearts you know, you're good to go. And I found, you know, the service techs at the TAs and the Petros very, very good and, and very helpful. And, you know, 90% of the time, if it's a quiet day in the shop, they're more than happy to uh, share some knowledge with you. Well, that's a, that's a definitely a good tip there. Um, I guess I didn't know that they gave mid-trip inspections. You just come in there and they just run a, a a small inspection or something just to check over brakes and things like that. Basically, yeah, they uh, um, for uh, uh, the annual road check. I know the Petros and the TAs do it for free for the month leading up to it. And, oh wow! Uh, yeah, it's just a just a real quick inspection where where the uh, the technician goes under the truck and gets you to make a brake application and, you know, nothing's measured, but they, uh, they check for air leaks and, and, uh, you know, look for things that are going to get you into trouble. And, and it's a great service. And, um, yeah, it is a little self-serving to them because they're looking for the work, but, uh, on the other token, you know, it's great to have somebody else crawl under your truck and have a look at, at what's going on under there. And especially to the new drivers, if you're not sure, you know, if you got to pay twenty bucks, thirty bucks, it's it's a cheap education. And there's no shame, and and I can't say this enough, in going into a shop, or going into your maintenance department or your safety department, and going, you know, I'm just not really sure about this, and and yeah, I know we went through it in orientation, but would you mind? going over this with me one more time so that I've just got it clear in my head. And they're just more than happy to do that because, you know, CSA score to the carrier is a huge thing. And to you, the driver, it's a big deal because you want to maintain, if you've got a squeaky clean record, you really want to maintain that because that is a marketable commodity. Uh, And I've talked with Rico about that on his show. And it's, uh, yeah, we want to we want to keep everybody out of trouble, and and that's why I love doing these podcasts. And and Rick and Melissa are doing an excellent job, and and everybody in your group, for that matter, on on educating the new entry level drivers and and keeping them out of trouble. Excellent, that's uh, definitely um, good stuff. It's uh, you know I've worked for carriers before where they uh, gave you a, a monetary bonus if you passed an inspection of some sort, whether it's level one, level three, any of them. And, uh, you know, it was always uh, a good feeling. You know, you never really want to be stopped because you're trying to get somewhere, but it's always a good feeling when they pull you back around there to check your truck out. You know, hey, this is going to pass, and I'm going to make another 150 bucks, um, or whatever it is, however much it was that they were uh, given. I think I've been at places that gave 150 and even uh, some for a while, one for a while gave 300 and uh, man, take 15, 20 minutes there at the scale and $300 richer uh, makes you feel pretty happy. Would you pull away from the scale, get back out on the road? Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, contrary to what every older seasoned driver says out there, 
the uh, the trooper on the side of the highway or in the scale is not your enemy. And, you know, we're not the boogeyman. I just loved it when a driver came in and said, you know what, I'm a new guy. You know, do you have five minutes to just help me out here and explain some stuff to me? If you're not sure, there is there is never a stupid question. And, uh, yeah, I just, I loved going out and, and walking around guys' trucks and, and helping them out with inspections and, yeah. Yeah, we're uh, we're not the bad guys, so you know don't write us off as a resource either. <laughs> that's uh, that's great. That's great. Well, I always loved it at the CFC, um, pull in there and see you out there in your coveralls and your creeper crawling underneath the trucks there and rolling around. It's uh, always a, a good time, a good learning experience. And uh, oh, you know, if, and and again, sure if shape. And uh, I'll just throw it out there. Even if you're not registered to the CMC and you happen to be driving by one, please stop by and uh, pop in. I've always got time. Well, that's uh, that's great. We uh, we always appreciate the, all the folks there at Let's Truck, uh, you and all the others there that are so helpful, always willing to help <laughs> help out and to give uh, give good advice, to give learning. Um, it's uh, it's such a a great tool for us as drivers out there and especially as those get just now getting started as, uh, as the focus of this show is to help those that are just just getting started and most of them are going to be company drivers they're uh, new to trucks they haven't been in them very much and and uh, for you and uh, to be able to come on and help us and to be available at the CMC's to inspect trucks and to to help explain and to teach drivers exactly what uh, DOT is looking for exactly what uh, is going to be required when they go through an inspection. Um, just great stuff, and we really appreciate it. Oh, and it's my pleasure. And, you know, for, for anybody listening, I, I always throw it out there. I'm on Facebook. Friend me, and, and uh, I'll answer anything or try and help you out with anything you've got. Well, thank you so much for uh, being with us here today. Um, I don't know if we'll have any questions about it. I'll uh, definitely uh, keep you at Keep your uh, your line open so that uh, or your uh, line here where I can pull it up on the screen if I need to and uh, if someone has a question directly for you and uh, but we really appreciate you coming on and explaining this stuff about brake safety week and um, getting everybody ready for it and telling them what they need to know how to do. Well, uh, thank you so much, uh, Dale Howard. My pleasure. Well. Um, great stuff. It's always informative, always uh, such a great thing to have uh, Mr. Dale Howard with us. And uh, so now let's, uh, we've gone over the brake safety week, and it's uh, not something we have to be that worried about if we make sure that our equipment's in good shape. But uh, now we want to talk a little bit about different things that we do out on the road that uh, help make us a safer driver, help make those on the road safer to be around us. A um, couple little things that I thought of. Um, one of the things that I do is I'm passing another truck. I'm coming up on a truck here. He's running slower than I am. I check my mirrors. I move out into the left lane. I get past that truck. And while I'm passing this truck, here comes a speed demon right up behind me. And now he's 10 feet off my bump, my back bumper. And he's trying to get around me. And, you know, it takes me a little bit, 30 seconds or so to get around this truck. So now I'm past the other truck. I'm looking in my right mirror, and I'm looking for when the front bumper of that truck that I'm passing is in line with the front bumper of the car or the truck or whatever's behind me trying to pass me. And uh, even if it's a little closer than I normally would move over into the right lane, when those two get right side by side, then it's no difference whether I'm 10 feet in front of this driver or 10 feet in front of that driver. So that's when I decide when I'm going to make my lane change and uh, pull over there um, in front of him. Make sure I give uh, give the, the driver that I'm passing, give him enough room before I come over and cut him off, in a sense, uh, right on his bumper. Um, 
that is kind of one of my pet peeves out on the road. Uh, you get a truck or a car come around you on the left side, and then, men six inches in front of your bumper. They've cleared it. They think, oh, we're good, and they come right over in front of you. Uh, to me, that feels unsafe because my philosophy of driving is to try to make sure I leave enough space between me and the vehicles around me. Um, having that extra space is definitely going to give me a much uh, a much greater opportunity for uh, correcting a mistake or if something happens, uh, making sure I have plenty of space, plenty of stopping distance between me and the truck in front of me. So I don't want to do that to another driver. But uh, when you get in that situation, you've got somebody right behind you, you've got somebody beside you there. Um, Because what I found happens, if I wait long enough to where I feel I'm safe to come over in front of the driver, before I can do that, this car behind me has decided he's far enough ahead of him and he's going to cut over into the left lane and then come screaming past me and then wave at me with the wrong finger and all of those things that happen out on the road. It's uh, very frustrating, and to me that creates a more dangerous situation when they're uh, flying around you, speeding around on the, the right side also. So that's one of the things that I do out on the road, just a small tip that I've tried to incorporate as a habit in my driving. Um and then uh, the other thing that I thought of there, and we've got some other questions that are, or some other uh, comments that are coming up also, but uh, one of the things, the other things that I do is if uh, I'm in the, the one getting past, and here's a truck coming around me, and sometimes you've been driving for a while, you can just tell this guy is just itching to come on around me on the left side and to move over right in front of my bumper. And you can just... I don't know, in a way, just sense it. It comes from experience, I guess. And uh, so I'm watching. He's coming around me. I'm already checking in my left mirror. There's nobody behind him, three miles. And yet he's going to come over right in front of me. He's already got his blinker on. He's already looking to come over. He's easing over in his lane. So as soon as he comes over 10 feet in front of me, then if I've already checked my mirrors, I know it's clear, I'm moving back over to the left lane. Now I'm not directly behind him, only 10 feet behind him. And so let him get on ahead a little bit when it's clear and it seems safe enough for me to move back over, move back over into that lane. Um, You know, just small things like that, that's going to give me more time and help me to have better space around my vehicle. So those are the kind of things that I'm talking about, the, the, the little tips, the little things that we do and incorporate in our daily habits of driving that we do. Well, um, got a, let's take a call here. Looks like we have Melissa in Nebraska, and uh, we'll see how she's doing. Um, hello, Melissa. How are you? Hi, Jason. This is Melissa Grimm, everybody. I want to thank Jason for coming on the show and, and hosting tonight so Rick and I can run this team run. So thank you, Jason. So how's, and, uh, uh, how's your run? Oh, it's going great. Uh, we're we're running fast, but sometimes you got to do that to make money. It's just uh, it's all about the math. The math worked out, so uh, so we're doing it. All right. But my, well, do you have my tip, uh, tips and hips or uh, tricks that uh, you do out on the road to make you a little bit safer? Yes, this is actually Rick's tip. He taught it to me because he, he was my trainer, but he's sleeping right now, so I'll share it. Um, <laughs> when we when you're driving down the road and you have a car or tow truck or a police officer or another truck on the shoulder, the safest thing to do is to move over. Usually it's in the left lane. Sometimes they'll be on the left shoulder and you, for some reason, are in the left lane and have to move to the right lane. But mostly you have to move from the right lane to the left lane to give them plenty of room. Uh, So if somebody steps out around uh, right there on the driver's side, there won't be a dangerous situation. But sometimes you're riding down the road and there's somebody beside you in the left lane so you cannot get over. So what Rick likes to do, and he he taught this to me, is he slows down uh, maybe to about 50 miles an hour, something like that, and then he'll flip his jakes on. So that way the person that is on the shoulder will hear them, hear him, know that he's coming, and they won't get surprised by him, you know, roaring by. Even if it is at 50, it's still pretty fast and you can feel it. 
So that's 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 uh, my little tip on driving down the interstate or even a U.S. highway uh, if it's two lane U.S. highway. Some of them are, and you have somebody on the shoulder. And uh, okay. I also wanted to. Lisa Rutherford was nice enough to share a link to a podcast where the creator of Break Chef, Break Safe, that Dale Howard was talking about, uh, he came on and he talked all about, you know, break safety and break adjustment and everything like that and explained it really well. Uh, and I'm going to put a link okay. to that podcast up on the Trucking 101 Facebook page. So you can just go on Facebook, search for Trucking 101 on Audio Road. Uh, the link will be there. And if you haven't already liked our page, you can go ahead and like it there. We'll be putting up information, probably some videos here pretty soon. And you can ask a question there, too. Okay, that's great. Um, yeah, that uh, brake safe system, I picked up one myself at the CMC, but I have not had an opportunity yet to get it installed on the truck. And I think uh, trucks into the shop all day, get some filters and that kind of stuff changed. I think I may just have them install that and get that put on the truck and the trailer get that going i've been meaning to do that it things just been crazy busy so i'm gonna get that taken care of yeah and the company drivers that are listening obviously you can't buy brake safe for your own truck Uh, but what you can do is you can go to your maintenance department your safety department and talk to them be like why is this product not on my truck it's so awesome you guys should look into it and if enough people do that, they might actually start installing it on the company truck. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Good point there. So, uh, all right. Do you have any other uh, tips or things that you do out on the road to make yourself a little bit safer, to make those around you safer? I do have one, but I don't want to step on anybody else in case they have it. But if the other people come on and they don't share it, I'll come back on and share my other one. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, sounds good. Thank you, Melissa. We look forward to having you and Rick both back on uh, next week, uh, hosting the show again. Um, you guys enjoy your run. Make lots of money. Be safe out there. And uh, we look forward to having you back next week. All right. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Let's go on to another call here. Looks like I've got uh, Russ down in Texas. Russ, how are you doing today? Uh, man, I'm vertical. Well, <laughs> vertical. <laughs> All right. Hey, yeah. Hey, that brake safe is awesome. Yeah, I've got it on the truck, and it's uh, yeah, can't say enough about it. Absolutely yeah. awesome product. Yeah, uh, pretty good stuff. I'm uh, looking forward to getting it on mine. I kind of should have should have got it done a month or two ago, but I haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> Stuff I've uh I did hear about some troubles that you had down there uh the last week uh, or so. Yeah, not yeah, safety uh, related, but uh, <laughs> had some. Yeah, we uh, uh we had a couple of thieves uh, uh steal the ECMs off of uh, two of our trucks, and they, of course they weren't nice about it. They uh, um cut the wiring harness while they were doing it, you know, instead of uh, unscrewing oh, the cables. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, 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 completely trashed uh, uh, the uh, cables. Uh, of course, ECM's gone, what have you. Uh, they're in the shop. I'm hoping uh, that I'm back on the road by Friday, but who knows. Uh, you know, having to deal with insurance companies and uh, – you know, finding uh, sometimes finding wiring harness for a truck is not the easiest thing in the world. So uh, the shop did find some, so they uh, supposed to have them on the way, and uh, got uh, both the ECMs being uh, built and programmed right now. So uh, okay, hopefully, hopefully I'll be up and running. So by uh, all right Friday, I'm sure about Becky's truck. Um, uh, we actually had to get a. Uh, Go a little different route on getting her ECM. So, okay. Well, hopefully, anyway, get you up and going. Uh, go ahead. What kind of tips or tricks would you have uh, to uh, share with uh, with us today about how to be safer out of the road? Well, what I had was um, right along with Dale. Uh, Dale kind of stole my thunder, which is no big deal, but um, <laughs> you know, pre trip and a uh, uh, huge, pre, you know. 
And now, do I crawl under my truck every every day? I don't. Um, but I do walk around. I do look real good. I look at all my brakes safe. You know, make sure everything's still on adjustment. Uh, you know, make sure there's nothing broken, missing, loose, leaking on my truck. Uh, you know, make sure the tires are still round and uh, air in them and so on and so forth. Uh, but once a week, I crawl under the truck and and really look at it good. You know, make sure that, you know, everything's still there. Nothing's, uh, nothing's funky has happened. And uh, so... <laughs> That's probably the, uh, my biggest safe thing. The other thing, it's kind of more of a kind of more of a rant, um, and I, I and I know all y'all see this. When you're in a truck stop, you're not qualifying for NASCAR. Yeah, I see people yeah. all the time. Uh, yeah, you know exactly where I'm going with this, Jason. Exactly. I see people all the time <laughs> running through the truck stop at 30, 35 miles an hour. And, you know, know, there's people walking. uh, There's people walking their pets. Uh, I've seen kids running around in the truck stops. Um, You know, people trying to back into holes. Uh, You know, let's slow down. I mean, my top speed for the the parking lot of the truck stop is is about 10 miles an hour. You know, I I mosey along. I never know if somebody has pulled into a parking spot and got to back out. And, of course, they can't see me until I'm right on them. Uh, yeah. You know, and of course, you know, people walking, pets walking, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, let's slow down and drive a, a sane speed through these uh, uh, truck stops. Uh, and that goes for, you know, customers' parking lots, too, or, you know, when you get to your customer. Yeah. Uh, you know, I see that, too, especially, you know, some of these places, you know, you know I'm preaching to the choir here, some of these places are huge, you know. Um, you know, maybe a mile, you know, around the other side of the building to get to the dock door, you know, uh, and you got the same thing going on there. You know, you got employees maybe walking out the trucks, you got drivers walking out the trucks, you know, and, you know, here comes some idiot running through there. Uh, you know, you can hear them hit the high side of the transmission and the turbo screaming. Um, so, uh, and then of course my other story, me, me and Melissa, you know, had our had our good little argument. She told the she told one of my stories that I could tell too. So, but uh, I think uh, I think that's pretty. Uh, oh, oh, I know, I did have one more. Uh, take ten okay. on the lane change. <laughs> yeah, take ten on the lane change. What I mean by that, I mean take ten seconds when you're changing lanes. And yeah. you know, so when I'm running down the highway, I get my blinker on. I usually let it blink for about three seconds. And then as I'm slowly moving over, I'm scanning my mirrors because I'm sure this is – I know this happened to you, Jason. It's probably happened to most of us. You know, I'll be slowly moving over, and, of course, I'm not moving quick enough for a car that may be behind me or a, another, you know, whatever, and they'll dart over there. Yep. So – and I'm scanning all the mirrors to make sure that if this idiot does dart over there on the lane that I'm moving into, uh, that I still have a clear lane to get back into. Sure. So exactly. Right. Yeah. So you know. So that's my take ten seconds to uh, to change lanes. So sure. uh, okay. I think that's it that I've got. Uh, Great stuff. That's yep. uh, good stuff there. Just take your time changing lanes. Be safe. Make sure you've got enough space around your vehicle. Well, thank you, Russ. Appreciate it. I'm glad to have you with us here today. And. Uh, well, as I mentioned before, we had a little bit of technical difficulty with the screen, call screening, uh, so we don't have the call screener today, but we do have a couple other questions, and so I'm going to uh, come to you, uh, bring you on the air. Uh, I'll just mention your uh, area code and uh, bring you on the air. We'll find out who you are and where you are and then see if you have a, a safety tip or a question or something like that. The first one I'm going to go to here is area code 949. 949, you are on the air. Who do we have and where are you today? Well, I'm having trouble hearing you. Could you repeat that one more time, please? Uh, good evening. My name is Leo, and I'm in the state of Massachusetts today. Can okay. you hear me? Yes, I can hear you much better that time. Um, so what do you got today? You got a safety tip for us or a question? Well, uh, I first I want to ask you, um, 
on the state of California, I saw a couple drivers that uh, I believe they broke down on the side of the road, and okay. they detached they detached the the trailer or the tractor from the trailer, and um, a few days ago, I just saw that same procedure um, while I was trucking through Virginia, and I would like to know if that is um, by doing that and some vehicle hit the trailer, but the tractor is not attached to the trailer, that means you're not involved in an accident in that case. Uh, that's my question. All right, let me make sure I understand. You said that they've dropped the trailer and they've what they've pulled the tractor forward a few, uh, several feet or a little ways so that there's so it's not considered one vehicle now. Yes, I would like to know what what, what exactly they are tra- what exactly is the um, um, maneuver the, or the uh, the idea? Why why is that? Why is that? Uh, if you ever see it, why why you think is that uh, uh, safe safe procedure or or why you think it, uh, it we 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 would do that? Well, I'm not exactly sure. I do uh, know somebody who probably would. Uh, have the the legal uh, would would know what what's legal on that or not? I'm going to bring Dale Howard back on and see if he uh, uh, knows if this would be a good thing or or not, or if it's a proper procedure or not. Hey, uh, Dale, are you with us again? I am, and uh, and great question. And uh, yeah, you want to uh, what they've done is they've unhooked the tractor because they've got. Uh, somebody else that's going to bobtail over and rescue it, or they've got some tow trucks en route to, uh, to uh, deal with the problem. As soon as you're broke down on the side of the road, you want to move as far off to the side of the road as safely possible. So get right over on the shoulder and as far onto the shoulder as you can get. Activate your four-way flashers, your hazard lights, and then get out the triangles and place them behind the vehicle. And they, uh, the instructions are on the little red lid, but if not, you know, take them out 150 feet and then take them out another 100 feet. And if you're on a uh, two-lane highway, one goes out in front of the truck, 50 feet ahead of the truck. And uh, just twist the base, put them together, and set them on the highway. And it's your responsibility to make sure that those those triangles remain in place until uh, until a service truck arrives or, or a tow truck arrives and, and they're all hooked up and getting you on your way. I don't like dropping a trailer until the tow truck's there because uh, we don't know how the road base is. And ultimately, you're still responsible for that vehicle. So even though you've unhooked it and somebody drives into the back end of that trailer, it's you're still it's it's your accident. So okay. yeah, I don't like dropping a trailer until until the tow truck's there, and uh, you know there's lots of flashing lights and lots of cones out and yeah, and and uh, but drop a trailer on the side of the highway. You know, if you happen to have a soft shoulder or something and you uh, you drop it, you pull out from under it, and inevitably one of the legs goes down, now you've got a trailer lying on its side and your problems just got worse. Yeah, much bigger so I problem. hope that clears that up. It, it, All uh, right. It, well, so does that answer your question? Excellent. Well, uh, well I, what I understood, it's, uh, it's uh, a problem when... Uh, Somebody is going to recover that load uh, uh, because you have a problem with the tractor, uh, and and somebody's going to go ahead and uh, recover that load. That's that's my understanding. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, sir. and I, I love yeah, the and until yeah, and until they're there to to recover that, stay under it. Okay, thank you, sir. You're welcome. Well, thank you for your call. Thank you, Dale. Appreciate you jumping on to be able to answer that. No worries. 
All right. Well, looks like we might have time for another one here. Uh, let's go on to area code 732. Area code 732. Who do we have here? Uh, and where are you today? Hey, this is uh, Russell from New Jersey, and I'm home today. All right. Well, good to have you on the air here. Do you have a safety tip or a question for us? I have a question for Dale, and okay. I have a 2001 uh, Freightliner Columbia with a uh, 2016 utility drive and trailer. And my question is about ABS lights. Okay. okay. So when I cycle the key, the ignition, turn it off and then turn it back on, my ABS light on the trailer never, ever comes on. Now, when I have the ignition on and I step on the brake, the ABS light momentarily comes on and goes off. And every time I hit the brake, it does that. So I went online, I did some research, and I was I found a thread that said that that was normal for that year of a truck. So I took the trailer back to utility and had them inspect it, and they told me the ABS light was working fine on the trailer. And where I connect the power to the trailer in the front, there's a sticker that says this trailer is equipped with ABS in order for it to work. A power needs to be continuously supplied to the blue wire. I have never been able to resolve that. If I were pulled in for an inspection, would that would my current ABS light coming on when I depress the brake, would that be sufficient to pass an ABS check light coming on? No. And actually, that, um, if you go back to Freightliner, <clears throat> all they have to do is put power continuous power to the uh, center pin on the trailer because what's what's happening when you step on the brake the abs system is getting its power from the brake lights so it's feeding it back. does that make sense well it's making sense but the thread that i read is that that is normal for that trailer for that year because it's a 2001 now inside my cab i've got on the dash I've got an ABS check light, a tractor ABS and trailer ABS. The trailer ABS never comes on, never cycles. The tractor ABS comes on, and it goes off after a few seconds. So what yeah. I'm trying to find out is when I depress the brake pedal and the ABS light comes on and goes off, and that I'm being told is the indication that my trailer ABS is working correctly, will I fail an inspection? Uh, yeah, because that's not how it was designed to run, and you, I would go to a different shop. Because uh, what's happening is if you take a test light and uh, take the uh, the trailer cord, you don't have, when the key is turned on, you don't have power to that center pin, and it's just a real easy fix. They just have to put power to that uh, so that it's uh, it's got power uh, to that pin, and then your ABS system will work quite normally. All right. I will get that checked out and rectified. Thank you for the answer. Right. No worries. Well, and that's, uh, that's, that's a common problem. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, all you need is just power to that center pin on your plug, and uh, it's a quick, easy fix, and Bob's your uncle. If, if 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 I'm still on and if anyone's listening, you know, I'm fairly technical. And if anyone can call in and suggest a, of how I would do this myself, I would appreciate it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show with us here uh, today. And uh, thank you again, Dale. You've been awesome tonight. <laughs> this is uh, this is good stuff. Um, Looks no like worries. we might have for uh, one more question here. Um Go to area code two five four. Two five four, you're on the air. Uh, what's your name and where are you tonight? Hey Jason, hey man, this is Ed calling here from West Texas. Hey. What's going on? Hey Ed, uh, good to have you on the show here. Uh, you got a safety tip for us here? Uh, we got just a few minutes left. 
Well, I was going to actually add real quick on that on that ABS situation. Uh, he's got some kind of uh, electrical issue on his truck. If, if when he turns the key okay. on, if the trailer ABS light doesn't come on on the dash, that means he's got a fuse or a relay out somewhere in his truck, not allowing that power to be supplied to the ABS trailer system. That's because it, it's supposed to acknowledge if his ABS system is not working correctly on the trailer, he's supposed to get that light. Now, usually what happens is that light goes out. And if that light goes out on his dash, then his ABS system stops working. That's one uh-huh. thing you could check. Or it could be something in there. He's got a fuse. I had my tractor ABS light go out, and all it was was a fuse. It's the, the fuse goes out in the system that allows the power to be supplied, and it, it cuts the power. So that that's that's one place to check for those ABS systems. It's just... Like you say, and electricity has to be flowing constant for the system to work correctly. And sometimes it's just a simple light bulb or a fuse because the safety, uh, what is it called, the redundant check system, if the light goes out not telling you there's something wrong, then the whole system goes out and won't work at all. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. all right. maybe uh, make sure that's up and going for him there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anything else for but, tonight? Well, of course, my biggest pet peeve always when I was a trainer a long time ago and even these days is is just proper uh, dressing appropriately for work and wearing shoes and clothing that suits the, the work you're going to be doing. Now, you know, we, we some people just say that we get out there and drive, and, of course, driving doesn't require the uh, the clothing necessary for work because it's just driving. Well, but it's all the other stuff that you have to do. If, if something happens on the road and you're out there on the side of the road trying to fix a problem, trying to set your triangles and flip-flops, things are going to happen. And, and you're just you're just opening yourself up to problems, you know. Yeah, that's a good point there. Uh, so you don't, we don't, so you don't probably should probably shouldn't down a load in uh, shorts and flip-flops and... Uh, tank top or something, right? <laughs> exactly, and you know, I um, so I spent a lot of time at the at the truck show this last uh, this uh, last month, and and you know, people talk about shoes. Of course, we want closed-toed shoes. We want strong leather shoes that won't buckle. You know, when we're trying to to maintain stability. But the other thing too is clothing. You know, a lot of people think, well, I've got shorts on. You know, what's the difference between work shorts and regular shorts? Well. It's it's the clothing that, that just hangs out there. You know, when you're wearing, like, sweatpants, and they're big and baggy, and you, they're just sagging and hanging, and you got extra clothing everywhere, it's going to get snagged on something, and, you know, you either just ripped a perfectly good pair of clothing, or you just you mess things up to where it's just not going to – they're not going to hold up. And the biggest thing yeah. I see all the time is, is people with the drawstrings. I mean, you know, one guy, I, I, he got his, his drawstring caught – in his hoses of his airlines, and, you know, he's sitting there putting up his his, uh, his airline, and, you know, he couldn't figure out why it wouldn't go. Well, he couldn't reach it because his drawstring was cut, and he was trying to <laughs> yank on it, you know. And it's like, you know, you got clothing that's causing problems where you can't do your work. So, you know, that's that's just the biggest thing for me is, is just clothing. You know, as a trainer, I always had to stress that because uh, students just never uh, – kind of packed or brought the appropriate clothing that was necessary to do that. And, you know, of course, you got then you got cold and hot and warm and keep, keeping yourself warm and, and making your, make sure you're not going to get hot. And it's just hard to do, you know, driving, so you just always have to, to be prepared for that kind of thing. All right. All well, right. great stuff. Well, great Appreciate stuff. it. We're just about out of time, and I think that's uh, going to wrap the show up for us tonight. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. It's uh, been good. I want to say a special thank you to our guest, Mr. Dale Howard, for with all of the excellent information about Brake Safety Week 2016. It is always a pleasure and tremendously informative to hear from Dale. Um, thanks to Rick and Melissa for giving me the opportunity. I look forward to having them hosting the show next week. And uh, as always, I want to say thank you to Kevin and Lisa Rutherford all and all of those at the Let's Truck uh, organization who do so much for our industry. Well, be sure to check out all of the other great shows and podcasts presented by Let's Truck. Uh, go to letstruck.com for slash audio for listings of all of those shows and take a look at the wealth of great information and the products that are tailored to our industry. Uh, check out our Facebook page at Trucking 101 on Audio Road. 
and uh, like our page. You can ask questions on the page for us to answer there and on the air. You can leave us feedback about the show, topic suggestions, continue the discussions of the things we've covered on the air. Uh, you can uh, reach us through Let's Truck at 855-800-FUEL or at support at letstruck.com. And uh, so for Rick and Melissa Graham and all the members of the Trucking 101 on Audio Road, this is Jason Dirksen saying thank you for joining us tonight. We're truly honored you've chosen to spend the hour with us. And in the words of Larry Wingett, love what you do enough to become excellent at it. Until next time, good night and be safe. <laughs>